It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Thursday to you. Happy 316 day. Can I get an oh hell yeah? We'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, but today we've got a lot that we can discuss. And of course, the phone lines will be open throughout the program. 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat via the WBSM app. Now, yesterday we talked about the story in on the New Bedford Light website at newbedfordlight.org by Colin Hogan about these auto shops that he talked to in New Bedford. He said he talked to about a dozen auto and body shops in the city to find out if they're hiring graduates of Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech. And you know, yesterday was all about the admissions policy of Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech. It was all about whether or not there were students taking up spots from those who want that um, vocational education, who actually have no intention of utilizing the vocation they're studying at Vogue Tech. They just didn't want to go to New Bedford High. They they go to college. They have no no intention of, of having a career in the shop they're studying. They're going to do something else, but they have to take a shop because... That's part of the curriculum there. But they, they just chose to go to Vogue Tech as opposed to going to New Bedford High, and they, they made it in based on the, um, the system that they use. So we talked about that yesterday. But today, the part two of Colin Hogan's series is available at newbedfordlight.org. And this is something that we talked about yesterday as an alternative that a lot of us would like to see. And as it turns out, it's something, you know, one of these solutions that a lot of us were, were talking about yesterday to the lack of spaces for people that want a vocational education, as it turns out, is already in place. And it's a program that is uh, in its infancy now in New Bedford, but will be expanding in the immediate years going forward. And that is this program in which students at New Bedford High do have access to vocational training. And so I've actually reached out to the coordinator for the program. I sent him an email this morning, and I'm hoping that at some point he can join us on the program, even if he can't join us live, because, you know, this is when you're a school teacher. This is the time that you're usually uh, teaching or administrating or whatever it might be that your job is. So I, I did reach out and say, you know, if you can come on, we'd love to have you on. If we need to pre-record, we can pre-record. But uh, I thought it would be important to, to talk a little bit more about this in depth, but I'll try and talk about it as much as I can based on reading Colin Hogan's reporting at NewBedfordLight.org. Uh, just because, again, this this was, it's not news to me because when the mayor was here with us back in early February and we were talking about the lawsuit that was being filed, the federal lawsuit about the admissions policies, not just at Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech, but at vocational schools across the Commonwealth. We talked about the programs that they're putting into place at New Bedford High. And, and the mayor mentioned then that they had a culinary program at New Bedford High, that they were putting in a hospitality program at New Bedford High. And it's something that is known as Career Vocational Technical Education, or CVTE. 
So they have the CVTE program being put into place at New Bedford High. And according to Colin Hogan, uh, they actually have other fields in, in it as well, such as business technology, radio and television broadcasting, which we're always looking for interns here. So, you know, that's something that uh, I'm glad that we were able to find out about and information technology. But they also have a program as, as part of this CVTE education. And let me just give you some numbers really quick before we get too, too deep into it. But um, according to the New Bedford Light Report here, uh, Greater New Bedford Votech receives about double the number of applicants that it can admit. According to the administrators there, about 1,000 students apply for roughly 500 spots, although the acceptance rate is actually close to 70% because not all students matriculate. So, you know, some of the students, by the time that they get the approval, they decide not to go. Um, but that, you know, they have about half of the spots available for those who want to go. So the rest of those kids more than likely go to New Bedford High but don't have the opportunity for a vocation. Well, now they have 600 students at New Bedford High enrolled in the CVTE program, and it's only growing. So they have a program. One of the things that we talked about, right, yesterday, and we've talked about in the past is, gee, wouldn't it be nice since Votech closes the classrooms at, I, I don't know, 210, 215, whenever they get out of school, that since they close those in the afternoon and those shops are just sitting there underutilized because they don't have the adult education program anymore, at least I don't think it came back after COVID. So since they have that stuff sitting there, why don't they create a way for New Bedford High students to go and utilize those shops and get that vocational training. And as it turns out, that is already in place. It's a program called After Dark, and it's in its first year right now uh, for New Bedford. It's been something that's been in place in other places for a few years, but New Bedford has had it for, uh, you know, is in its first year this academic year, where students board a bus for trade classes at the vocational school after finishing a full academic day at the high school. So this is they're going and complete completing all their regular classes. See, I thought you'd give them give them a break in that schedule, so they didn't have to have a longer day because the Voc Tech kids don't have to have a longer day to take that the vocational training. But anyway, whatever. Let's put all that aside. So they actually board a bus. They go to Greater New Bedford Voc Tech, and they take these vocational training courses. Now. Again, we've talked about this before, that by statute, and, and Colin Hogan points it out in the article there, New Bedford can't offer the same shops or any school that's within the, the district of the regional vocational school cannot offer the same shops that is uh, that are available at that vocational school. They can't have duplication. And the reason that they give for that is to control the amount of workers that are coming out of that education because they don't want to flood the market. So if you had um, electrical, you know, you're training electricians at the vocational school and you were also training electricians at the high school, the feeling is that now you've got too many people coming into the field looking for jobs as electricians. And so that you would have, you'd be flooding the market locally and people would either have to leave the area or wouldn't be, or wouldn't be able to find a job. So I understand that concern, but I also think if you've got more kids that want that training than can go to the vocational school, and that would include kids in the vocational school who didn't get their first choice shop, well, then I think that maybe you should sign off on allowing them to have duplication.
And it, it, the mayor, I, as I was saying yesterday, the um, the superintendent of the Greater New Bedford School, the superintendent director is his formal term, uh, formal uh, title. They would have to have him sign off on any duplication. And as it turns out, it's not just Vogue Tech that has to approve it. It also has to be approved by the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. So I think that they, the way the mayor characterized it, and we'll talk with him more about this when he's in next week, the way he characterized it then, the current superintendent director at Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech is more open to this idea than the administration has been in the past, is more open to the idea of possible duplication for some of these shops. And then I'm sure if if the regional vocational school agreed, then the you know, then the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education would, would probably be okay with it. If the if there wasn't concern on the local level, I could see that as being part of it. But um there I this according to Colin Hogan's reporting, the exemption almost never happens. So I'm assuming that that hang up is that the schools are not approving them to have duplication in other municipalities. But maybe maybe it can happen here. Maybe it can be the first place that it happens. But for now, you know, right now the students who are taking after dark classes are taking things like carpentry. They're getting the chance to go and learn. And um, according to the New Bedford Light Report, they're using Greater New Bedford Vocetech's equipment, classrooms, and instructors. And the vocational school simply bills the district for these services, which will eventually be reimbursed by the state. So it, it seems like this plan in its infancy here is working. Now, the funding that goes for this, um, as, as Colin reported, it's called Chapter 74 Funding. And for fiscal year 22, the program got $254,000. For fiscal year 23, $549,000. And going into fiscal year 24, it will double to a million dollars, $1.1 million for this program. So that will allow them to expand these services and to have more students and to be able to offer more kids that vocational training. Is it, st- is it the solution to the entire problem? No. But it certainly gives some of that opportunity for students who didn't make it into the vocational school. Or maybe maybe somebody did make it into the vocational school and they got their third choice shop and they say, you know what, I'd rather go to New Bedford High and try and be part of the After Dark uh, program. Now, also by statute, the After Dark program has to follow the same admissions policy as the vocational school. So they can't just say, well, you know, Voc Tech has this ranking system based on certain things, but we're going to just let any kids sign up. So in order for the high school's admission policy for that program to change, it would require the vocational school's admissions policy to change. Because the two are tied together. But again, I'm hoping that Chris Cummings, who runs the CVTE program at New Bedford High, can join us at some point to kind of give us some more information about it. The um, the superintendent director of Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech, Mike Watson, has said, you know, he wants to see more data. 
about all of this before he starts making any changes to their admission policy or, you know, signing off on there being uh, the ability for duplication. But at least one of the things that we were all talking about and that we all agreed, you know, anybody, no matter what you felt about the admissions policy, no matter what you felt about uh, if there were students there taking up spots that had no intention of, of pursuing their vocational training as a career, no matter where you came down on that, I think everybody was kind of in agreement, in agreement yesterday with the idea of we should be able to utilize that school to offer more training to the kids that want it. And here we have a program in its first year that is doing just that. And I think that that is, it's a, it's a solution, but it's not a, it's not the solution. We had talked with, uh, I talked with the mayor about it and I talked with um, the city council president and, and a few others about if there would be support for an expansion of Greater New Bedford Voc Tech or the building of a new vocational school or perhaps, you know, turning some of these other school buildings that are sitting empty into vocational training facilities. And those things are all apparently on the table. But as the mayor told us, you know, there's there's other schools that need to be built and replaced first. And his his take on this seems to be it's not a matter of the number of spots that are available at Greater New Bedford Voc Tech. It's the way that they're selecting to fill those spots. Some callers had called up and suggested that maybe the regional approach is um, it's uh, it's outgrown the regional approach and that maybe Greater New Bedford Voc Tech should just become New Bedford Voc Tech and put it on the community schools outside of New Bedford to create a new school. I don't know what the uh, enrollment numbers are in terms of uh, from each town that is part of the district, but I've got to think it's predominantly New Bedford anyway. So I don't know how many spots you would be gaining if that was the case, and I don't know if the number of kids that are getting vocational training from those surrounding communities would be enough to warrant building another regional vocational school. So these are some of the questions that are out there about this, but I just, I'm, I'm glad to see, and, and, and after reading this piece this morning, seeing that there is this program in place. And we'll, we'll see, you know, this being year one of it, we'll see in a few more years how that pays off. Will there be, what will, what will be the percentage of kids who go through the After Dark program who go on to that vocation? You know, I'm, I'm asking for that same information from Greater New Bedford Voc Tech, so I'd want to see that same information from the After Dark program. I'd want to see how many kids are still in, you know, it's going to take a while because this is the first year of the program, but I want to see how many of those kids get into that field and stay in that field. And if you are listening and if your child participates in that program, give me a call and let me know how it's working for them. 508-996-0500. Shoot me a message on App Chat on the WBSM app. By the way, people have always um, wondered, I, I occasionally get emails from people concerned about that they're not really good about typing on their phone. And if there's a way to send app chat 
on a computer and uh, not really, but you can just email me, Tim at WBSM.com. If you are, or if you are not a phone typer, some people are not phone typers or they have a lot to say and they, they'd rather type it out on a computer or, you know, they want to have the ability to spell check it and grammar check it before they send it. You can always send an email, Tim at WBSM.com. I will get those here in the studio as well. But of course, app chat is easy to use for a lot of people, especially people like me who are on their phones all day anyway. Although I'll tell you, if I have something important that I want to send somebody, I will I will even email it to myself and then copy and paste it and put it into the text. Because my thumbs betray me all the time. And there are many, many words that you might have to send in a professional email that it only takes one accidental, your big fat thumb hits the wrong button to suddenly change the entire meaning of what it is that you're saying to a suddenly non-professional statement. Uh, I think Mark Searles can attest to that after his uh, fart myth blunder the other day. So you can always send an email, Tim at WBSM.com, if that is easier for you. Why don't I take my first break? When we come back, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. We'll be back in just a few moments. in 508-996-0500 or you can hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app of course today is March 16th which means it's 316 day Stone Cold Steve Austin day for those of you who are WWE fans you know happy 316 day to you it's a day for, for drinking beer and whooping ass and Opening up a can of whoop ass and raising some hell and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and when I, you know, I was kind of into wrestling my whole life, but there was a time in high school when I wasn't paying as much attention when the WWE got a little bit too cartoonish and I kind of outgrown it. You know, when they had wrestling garbage men and wrestling hockey players and, um, just, you know, some of the, 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 the wrestling dentists, all of that stuff. I didn't pay as much attention as I, as I used to. I might, you know, have it on on a Saturday morning, but I wasn't religiously watching everything that was going on. But it was it was Stone Cold Steve Austin that brought me back, like so many other wrestling fans, when they said, let's get rid of all this stuff and kind of get that attitude going. And so that's where, you know, that that's where my, my love of the product came back. And it's waned over the years, believe me. There's been a lot of years where I've said, I don't like this anymore, but I just keep watching it anyway. But uh, I will always be a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, so I will always celebrate... 316 day and it's 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 a day you know like we say you don't have to be irish to celebrate saint patrick's day tomorrow you don't need to be a wwe fan to celebrate stone cold day to celebrate 316 day you don't have to know anything about wrestling you can just you know drink some beer raise some hell don't trust anybody stick it to the boss all that kind of stuff uh and if you if you are a stone cold steve austin fan and you've never seen the youtube video called Stone Cold E.T., like Stone Cold Steve Austin and then E.T., the extraterrestrial. If you've never seen Stone Cold E.T., 
give it a watch on YouTube. It will make your day. You will. I, I laugh every time I watch it. I actually queued it up. I was going to play some of it and then decided I couldn't because I'll just I'll laugh too much and not be able to continue on with the show. But it's a it's a guy that pulls up to a drive through at a White Castle wearing a, a, an E.T. mask and talking like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it, it, the premise is ridiculous. It shouldn't be funny, but it's it's hilarious. The guy's commitment to the character is what makes it. So check that out. Stone Cold E.T. Uh, so anyway, we were talking about this this After Dark program, uh, and uh, we are going to be talking about it. And um, again, I'm going to try to get the director of the program to join us if possible. Uh, but I certainly want to get your thoughts on it at 508-996-0500. And I recommend reading the article at newbedfordlight.org. Uh, read both parts of Colin Hogan's reporting on this issue uh, yesterday with the look at the automotive shops and body shops in the area. And as I said yesterday, you know, it, it's anecdotal because so the auto body shops might not and the automotive shops might not have as many people, but maybe some of the other shops that are at Vogue Tech could be filling up all the local businesses with graduates who are going there and, and, and utilizing it. So this might just be one example of one where it's not, you know, the market isn't, isn't what it used to be for that position perhaps. But it also does speak to the question of how many of those kids are actually utilizing that vocational education that they're receiving. And, and, and I know that people don't want to believe it, but it's starting to sound like that's more and more of the issue. That there are, and as I said yesterday, this isn't about because everybody wants to make it about the the, the quote-unquote punk kid who doesn't want to go to school and doesn't want to do what he's supposed to and doesn't want to behave and how they don't deserve to go to folk tech because they haven't shown that they deserve to go to folk tech even though you know it's a public school and everybody should have equal access to it. But it's not just about that kid. It's about the, you know, what what they say? They had a thousand spots. Well, they had a thousand applicants and they only had about 500 spots. So this is, this is number, this is about number 501. The kid who does do everything right and has dreamed about having that vocation his whole life or her life. And then because of the ranking system, somebody else just has a couple more points than they do and they, they get the spot and they don't. But that person that has that couple more points has no intention of actually utilizing the vocational education. Now, is a blind lottery fair? No. But is it the most fair option? Yes. I mean, the most fair thing to do would be to say, we get, we have enough people, we have enough spots for all the people, all the kids that want to take these courses. But it's not, that's not doable at this time. So something like the After Dark program certainly helps with this. Uh, let's see. Gene and Marion says, great topic about class opportunities for high school students. But one snippet of information you're missing is public schools are mandated by DESE as to what has to be provided to students. Things like standards, time on learning, etc. Unfortunately, the school day is jam filled to meet these and not much time is available for students to take what one might call electives. Right. And as I was saying before, that it this, this is something that happens outside of the school day. So they they do their regular classes. And then they get on the bus and they go to Vogue Tech and they take these these vocational courses there. And what they could do is they could, and this is kind of what I suggested yesterday before I knew about the After Dark program, before I'd read Colin Hogan's article, is I thought that, 
if the kids were going to pursue that, that maybe they would get a break in what their regular education is. That maybe they're, even though they're at New Bedford High School, they're on a similar kind of model to what the vocational student would do. But I guess that would be a little bit difficult because they have, you know, the two weeks in the shop, the two weeks in the classroom. I think that, I think it's two weeks. It might be. It might be three and three. I, I forget. Uh, we have interns that that work here, uh, that are that are part of the the, the program at Voc Tech, and um, I just don't remember what they said. And they work over in Fun One Hundred Seven, so I can't go ask them. But the, um, you know, I guess with that kind of a model, it might be hard to to also do that with a student in the public school. So they're still getting the the students who are part of this program are still getting all of those requirements that Gene mentioned. They're still fulfilling all of those requirements. And then this is something that they were doing in addition to. Uh, and Gene also says, you're spot on about families wanting their kids at a vocational school, even though they have no intention of going a vocational route. And that is, that is part of the problem. That Greater New Bedford is a victim, Greater New Bedford Votech is a victim of its success in that regard. That because it has had those students who are serious, more serious about school and are less likely to be troublemakers. And because of the work of the educators and the administrators there, they have a very good reputation of being a place where there aren't a lot of problems. And New Bedford High, unfortunately, still suffers from a negative reputation in the eyes of a lot of kids that are getting ready to go into high school. And I don't know how much of that is fair anymore. That's a that's a conversation that has to be had as part of this. How much of the conversation needs to be about that people have a stigma about New Bedford High based on what they've heard instead of the actuality? Now, we'll probably get a whole bunch of stories from people calling in and saying, well, you know, my kid went to New Bedford High and they got into a fight and this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. And yeah, but that stuff happens in every school. You know, how much of it is is, is a problem? This is not a place full of delinquents it's a school that had a 90 percent graduation rate for its seniors it's a place that has seen its dropout rate drop to i think two percent so the the this is a place where there's been a lot of improvements over the last decade or so it started with the required turnaround plan and the continued improvements now, Superintendent Anderson is mad at me, I guess, because uh, uh, I reported about the Connecticut job, which I reported that he wasn't a candidate for the Connecticut job when we've been hearing rumors to the contrary. And he said, no, um, that's not true. And I've talked to the folks that are involved in that search and and he's right. So I think he got a little upset that I put the article out there basically saying it's not true. It's called a rumor killer. So what we do when, when rumors abound in the community, we try to get the real information and put a stop to it. But anyway, he has done a great job of continuing on with that turnaround plan and, and continuing on to have the school have success. And of course, that's why other districts would be interested in them. That's why, um, he is going to be on the radar of the, not just the, the, the um, school boards and, and the, the 
committees that are created to try to find new superintendents, but especially the companies that they hire to assist them with those searches. So is can the school really be all that bad if the guy who is at the top has people falling all over themselves to try to get him to go in there and be an applicant for a job? So I, I think that part of it is people have to change the way that they feel, and, and maybe there needs to be a bit of a, you know, the same way that Votech has, you know, gone into marketing to try to make sure that it gets good quality admissions. They they buy advertising on the radio. They talk about the graduation rates. They talk about the amount of kids that go on to college. They talk about all the great things that the school can do. Maybe New Bedford High has to do that as well. I'm not saying that the school department needs to come and buy commercials on the radio, but maybe they need to start touting more of those successes and, 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 and fight back against the image that it is being portrayed as having. And then maybe that will convince some middle schoolers that it is a good place to go. But here's the problem. Middle schools are a mess. Middle schools are always, uh, a, you know, they're, they're the Wild West. And that's not to say anything about the people who work in them or the, you know, the people who oversee them. It's just because you got a bunch of kids that are going through some very hormonal times. And unfortunately now, because of whatever, you know, kids are going through those those hormonal times a lot younger than in the past. And so a lot of stuff happens in middle school that more rational thinking students would not engage in later on in life. Let's just put it that way. So you have kids that are in those type of environments and they're thinking because of the stories and the reputation that, you know, New Bedford High is going to be a continuation of that. And I, I know people who have worked in New Bedford High for years, for decades. And that's not the school that they go to. That's not the school that they work at every day. That's not the school that they know. And I know it pains them to hear that reputation that's out there. So maybe maybe that's part of it is rehabbing the image. And if there are problems, if there are legitimate problems that are causing that reputation, well, then how about focusing more effort on fixing that if you're also going to be trying to chide Votech for its admissions policy? Make the high school an attractive place to go and part of that is this after dark program and and trying to have more vocational education so again you can read that article at newbedfordlight.org it'll give you a lot of insight on it but we'll we'll discuss it more and we can take more of your phone calls and your app chat messages uh but we will take our next break 508-996-0500 we'll be right back Swing Out Sister with Breakout 
which was a hit song, what, back in 1986, 87, around that time. And I'll always think back fondly on my standard times days when I hear that song because we would have, um, we would have the, the high school roundup that we would do every, every night. That's what my job was, uh, at the standard times for, for many years was going in and answering all the calls from the coaches and writing up all the little reports about what happened in the game. And if you had something that was worthy of a story unto itself, you would you would write a little breakout. And so we got in the habit of if we had, if we took a phone call and we had something that was worthy of a breakout, rather than say, hey, everybody, I have a breakout on something, we would just play that song. And that's when everybody knew, oh, oh Tim's got a breakout. Ed's got a breakout. And I think it was I think it was Ed Collins that actually came up with that originally. But yeah, Swing Out Sister, breakout. So I'll, I'll always think of and I had so many so many great experiences working there. I I can't imagine what it's like over there now. The last time that I was in there, the place was a ghost town and that's when they still had the full second floor. So I I don't know what it's like over there now, but I I miss those days. I don't think that I would um, enjoy it now, but I hope that uh, I hope it survives. But I don't I don't have a lot of faith. Anyway, uh, I did get a a, um, a message from Jack Blaine regarding this conversation that I want to share with you. He says depriving students to their equal access to a public education because you want to protect the job dominance of certain careers seems wrong to me. We certainly don't do that for other professions, be they software engineers, teachers, or doctors. This looks to be about keeping the number of plumbers and electricians and other trades limited, and thus their prices high. That is against the free market, but even worse, the right of all kids to have access to the same level of public education. It almost reminds me of separate but equal in the Old South, when you, when you think that Latino and disabled kids are largely the ones who don't get into Vogue Tech. And uh, th- that is an issue. That is one of the reasons why they're calling for a change in the admissions policy is because of those low numbers when compared to what it might look like at New Bedford High School or even some of the other um, schools that send students, you know, from districts that send students to Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech. But Jack's point is an interesting one that do they not want to flood the market, not because they think that there wouldn't be enough jobs, but because the less there are, the more they can charge. So instead of telling a kid, hey, when you graduate from this vocational school, and I'm going to speak broadly about all the vocational schools because this this non-duplication statute goes for every community that's part of a regional vocational school, not just New Bedford. So if you're telling the kids, hey, if you come to this school, you have an opportunity when you graduate to go right into a career that's going to pay you, you know, $50,000 a year. As opposed to, you know, if you go and start off somewhere else, you might have to start at twenty five, thirty thousand dollars a year. You know, you're going to be able to get out there and and make serious money right out of the gate. Or you're definitely going to be able to get a job right out of the gate. But if you have more of those opportunities out there, there they might not get a job because now they're competing with kids who graduated from the high school's version of that same vocational training or maybe there's enough jobs for all of you, but because there are more people who are doing the job, the services become less valuable. So yeah, you can definitely go to work right out of school, but you're going to make 30000 as opposed to 50000 So is, is that part of it? Is that part of the reason why the state allows for this limitation? 
again, not blaming the schools for it, but looking at the, the way that the statute is, is that what it's all about? So certainly worthy of discussion. 508-996-0500. And, of course, you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. We'll talk about this throughout the course of the entire morning. We can also talk about anything else that's on your mind, too. I have an article up at WBSM.com and on the app. This struck me yesterday. I saw an article from CBS Boston and a few other places. Uh, Patriot Safety Devin McCourty, who announced his retirement last week, and will have a formal retirement ceremony uh, or a formal press conference happening at the end of the month. He wanted to thank the fans of New England for all their support over the last 13 seasons. And, you know, McCourty's a three-time Super Bowl champ. Uh, he was a team captain, four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he only missed five games in his entire career in, New, Bed- uh, in uh, New England. This is a guy who is everything that you would want a Patriot to be, and not surprisingly, he is a fan favorite. And so he wanted to thank the fans for all of their support over the years, and he purchased 37 billboards around Massachusetts with a thank you message. And you can see the billboard on the story at, at WBSM.com and on the app. But he, you know where he didn't place any billboards? On the south coast. There's none in New Bedford, none in Fall River. They're in places. That, I think the closest one to us is in West Bridgewater, which would be on the side of 24. But nothing on 195. And it's, it looks like, at least in the photo he posted on Instagram, it's a clear channel-owned billboard. But there are clear channel-owned billboards down here. So I, I don't know why he skipped the South Coast, but you can read all about it uh, on our website and on our app. going to take my final break of the hour and be back in a few moments. All right, about three minutes until we go into the newsroom. Let's take a phone call. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Yes, good morning. On your news this morning... It was uh, mentioned that there was an incident at the Fairhaven uh, Walmart. Yes. Where a a person had assaulted another person with a gun. Yes. And the police found shells on the floor. Yes. Now, was the gun fired? Because if if the police found shells on the floor, that means the gun was fired. Otherwise, it would be bullets that they found on the floor. I mean, I mean, I guess not necessarily. I mean, the person could have had shells in their pocket or something. Um, but uh, that's the information that was provided to us from, from the police. Are you kidding me? Someone's going to walk in there with him. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I'm not saying that it's what happened. Well, it should be clarified whether it was shells or bullets. You no, know? Uh, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Kate asked the question, but they didn't give her that information. Okay, well, hopefully you follow up on the story. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yep. Uh, uh, All right, we're going to be taking a break for the news. Uh, You know, the news that Kate works hard on, that uh, she is a professional at and knows how to do. But uh, that's okay. Everybody else can kind of just call in and question how she does it. That's fine. Because you saw something on the internet, you saw something on social media, so you know you got to say you got to say, well, WPSM's not not right because they didn't report it. We report what the official information is, and I will tell you part of the problem. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to mock the caller here. I'm trying to say that this is the problem here. Part of the problem is a lot of these local police stations, and this is something we can get into someday. But they are hiring a PR firm. There's a PR firm that handles for many municipalities. Not just for their fire, but for, uh, not just for their police, but for their fire department, for their school department, and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to um, 
besmirch the people who work for that organization because I'm sure they're trying hard. But this whole idea of we tell the PR company, then the PR company tells us we can't ask follow-up questions like that because it comes out in a press release and then you have to respond to the person that sent the press release and they say, oh, we'll find out about that and then you don't get the information back from them. 